Hi, folks. This is the Power of Stories podcast, and I'm Mick Turner. I'm really pleased today to welcome Matt Wallace, CTO of Faction, a Dell partner. Welcome, Matt. Hey, thanks for having me. Cool. So let's jump straight into this. Uh, now, Faction and EMC have been working pretty closely together for quite some time now. So for, for the listeners that are not familiar with Faction, can you give us a quick intro of what Faction does and why there's such a strong synergy in the Faction Dell Technologies partnership? Yeah, happy to. Um, Faction primarily is a multi-cloud data services company, which means we're really focused on helping people whose data is critical to their business kind of do more with it, um, specifically around enabling multi-cloud use cases for them. Um, I think you know the simplest way to describe the core product that we have, which we refer to as a cloud control volume, would actually be to think about uh, a volume that you can mount or attach um, across multiple clouds at the same time to multiple instances. You know, what this unlocks, because there's no moving of data, there's no you know, impact from data gravity, it means that you can turn up different workloads um, and scale the workloads differently across many clouds all at the same time. You never have to move the data, you don't have to make copies of the data. And so you know, realizing that, it means that you can scale completely independently of the storage platform. Um, like, for example, you know, being able to scale up any sort of like HPC type workload to the moon using spot instances across many clouds. Uh, it makes a perfect fit, really, for a lot of the Dell portfolio because Dell has this incredible um, product portfolio with PowerScale, um, the Isilon heritage, and the fact that it can go so large from the domain, you know, out into the tens of petabytes, can go so fast, driving tens or hundreds of gigabytes of throughput is a really great fit for very large workloads where you really get concerned about scaling across multiple clouds. And another thing that we find, of course, is that folks who have really large data sets like that, you know, one of the hardest problems they face with their data lake is challenges of things like governance, right? Sprawling data around across many different storage types, many different tiers, many different teams creates a real problem for people who are trying to kind of curate that data and understand what do we have, where does it live? Um, and I think the scale of power a scale really helps us get to the point where those folks um, have a lot easier time managing the data as well as using it in a multi-cloud environment. So really great stuff. Cool. Yeah, that's great. Now, uh, I'm also aware that uh, we recently released, along with ESG, a couple of papers. And I want to try and focus on one that looks at a specific high-performance life sciences workload. And I know that you were super instrumental Kind of in building the solution and making and, and making it work effectively. So, can you tell us a bit about the genomics use case and and how that whole thing was set up? Yeah, for sure. Super exciting stuff, and we gave it an awesome name. We called it Project Triumph, um, and we refer to it as a multi-cloud architecture for technical life sciences computing. And it's very exciting. And we actually uh, did a session at BioIT World in 2020 to talk about it. Uh, and we started off with this simple problem. Um, you know, there's this amazing statistic that if you look at, you know, 66, I was looking at a chart of 66 technologies and what they cost over time and the price decline from 1951 into, you know, current time frame. the drop in the cost of sequencing a genome, you know, sequencing DNA is the like most precipitous drop we've ever seen. It makes Moore's law look like a joke because it's, it's actually accelerating so fast. And many people may not realize that 
uh, genomic analysis has come so far in two decades because the first human genome was only really done in 2003. That's when the Human Genome Project wrapped up. And now we've got this point where it's literally industrialized, right? We have machines that are able to scan DNA from many people in a day, and you can process you know, hundreds or thousands of them if you can deliver at a compute scale. So what we set out to prove really was that people could take this to the next level. And we, what we built was effectively a north of seven petaflop supercomputer comprised of spot instances that spread across multiple clouds, all using GPUs across Amazon, Azure, and Google Cloud Platform. We used this service, the Dell Technologies Cloud Storage for Multi-Cloud, um, the PowerScale for Multi-Cloud in particular service in the middle of that to drive this genomic workload. And we were able to show some absolutely incredible results. First of all, um, you know, versus trying to do this yourself by just having your data live in multiple clouds, 89% savings on cost uh, versus storage across three clouds. The second thing, of course, is there's an incredible amount of savings if there's any variability in your workload. So if you think about this idea that, you know, genomic workloads are going to vary a lot because teams who are doing science, sometimes they've got a lot of data to process, sometimes they don't. And sure, there are often backlogs that people can churn through over time. But there's also needs that come up where you suddenly want a heck of a lot more compute power than you have. And we've shown that you know, by using this methodology, we can make it far less expensive to process in the cloud than actually just trying to build and buy and maintain all that hardware yourself, right? Once you have any of that variability. We were actually then also able to show incredible performance, right? Driving literally hundreds of gigabits of throughput um, from the storage platform, even though this is really just our lab environment. And you know, we're not even tapping out anywhere the full potential of it, but we still showed some incredible performance. Um, and all of this ties into this workload that really does drive exactly into this really important space in the real world. Um, scientists who are doing this work at um, pharmaceutical companies and life sciences companies are using DNA data every day to develop um, new drugs, to find new treatments. And increasingly, all of that work really is dependent on DNA because it really turns out, you know, if you look at a cohort, for example, of people in a drug study, a lot of times you find that the delta between people who are responding well to a certain drug and people who are not responding well is actually in their DNA. It's, it's little to do with the drug and a lot to do with the, the folks who are taking it. And so being able to accelerate that is totally awesome for the world. So I got really excited about that. But the truth is the principle of being able to have this centralized data lake sits between the clouds that you can connect to multiple clouds and then drive enormous scale to process it and have access, of course, to the unique services of each cloud, if that's important to your workload or your analytics, uh, just really unlocks a wealth of possibilities. So I'm really excited about how I think this has the potential to kind of revolutionize how people think about processing data in the cloud. Cool. And, and did you turn up any kind of interesting findings that you weren't really expecting in terms of setting up that multi-cloud configurations, obviously kind of doing this thing firsthand um, must have been quite quite a discovery for, for you too. Well, I honestly, that cost savings on what it actually took to run those workloads was um, was kind of blew my mind. Um, and I'm used to thinking about, you know, cloud being less expensive under certain circumstances, right? I mean, and variability is certainly one of them because you can scale up and scale down and so on. But also, you know, I've been in a lot of situations where, you know, understanding what I needed to do with a workload, buying that hardware and operating it because I could be so bespoke about the use case was much less expensive. But really, because we found that there was so much availability of spot instances and the discounts were so high that it was really an effective way 
uh, to, to get a lot of compute power with very little cost. But you know, the key thing was we also saw tons of variability. So there were times we literally had hundreds of GPUs running in one CSP and we had them all preempted and they all disappeared in a matter of literally less than 60 seconds. Um, and so at that time, we literally couldn't even turn up an on-demand instance anymore of that type. And so, you know, we recognize too that while the spot instances are great for driving scale or great for managing costs, they're also really risky and kind of problematic if you can't approach it with a multi-cloud mindset, because if you can distribute the workload amongst many clouds, you know, then you actually have this ability to shift and scale up in another cloud if one has a run on capacity, which is really fantastic. So that was really a, a shock for me. Um, it, you know, as much as it was great, great surprise to kind of find that because it's the use case we're driving towards, uh, it really did amaze me how significant the results were. And, and and obviously that's a very specific workload, but one would imagine that this is pretty, it can be applied fairly generically to uh, other workloads too. Oh, 100%. Um, you have to think about the fact that so much of what's being done with data today, you know, actually works best on specialized hardware. Um, and really that means, you know, either one of two things, either something like a GPU, which is definitely the sort of generic version of that, or it's something like, uh, you know, a TPU specific chip, right? So um, both, it basically every one of the major cloud providers now has specific instance types backed by specific hardware that's designed to be fast at kind of analytics processing, either training models, um, or in some cases they have specific chips for inference. Like, you know, Amazon specifically has these inferentia trip sets that are designed to make inference on a trained model much faster and less costly. Um, and so being able to do this work kind of across clouds, you know, um, almost regardless of what your big data workload is, there's a pretty good chance uh, that Either you have access to specialized hardware now that's going to accelerate it, or you're very likely to in the near future. That's awesome, Matt. Um, I, uh, I I just wanted to uh, also just touch very briefly on there was a second paper in Azure. Was there anything uh, in that that you you wanted to highlight today? Well, you know, we certainly covered in on how that genomics workload ran in Azure. Um, I think there's some really special things though about the way we've integrated Azure that are pretty critical, right? And the first of which is, um, you know, due to the architecture that we have and the partnership we have with Azure, we're able to deliver connectivity of the platform in Azure with no egress charges, which means it's a really great place to run a workload that's going to write a lot of data out to our platform as well as read it in. Um, I, so I thought that was certainly interesting. Another interesting thing too was um, with Azure, we really wanted to go deep and test native cloud integrations. And you know, one of the things that we discovered with Azure is that we were able to take some of their cloud native services, and in particular, HD Insight, which is their managed big data stack that runs things like Hadoop, Spark, Hive, et cetera. Um, and we were able to tie that directly into our platform. And so now, you know, thinking about this from a data science perspective, you're able to turn up a fully managed Hadoop cluster with that whole stack of all those Hadoop tools, the Spark, all that kinds of thing in that managed service. That's been able to tie directly into our platform and you're not managing either one of those things. So you really go from zero to this enormously scalable cluster where we can provide this amazing storage platform that can deliver, you know, like I said, tens of petabytes hundreds of gigabits of throughput and is obviously compatible, you know, in terms of bi-directional replication with on-prem investments in the Dell PowerScale platform. And you can tie that right into the Azure managed service 
So you can have a data scientist who's like a one-man IT shop at two clicks of a button. It's absolutely amazing. That's great, Matt. Hey, I, I, I really appreciate you being here. There, there was actually a number of other things we could talk all day, um, but uh, we also launched on March the 3rd um, a, a solution around uh, cyber recovery, and that actually will be uh, discussed in our sister podcast, The Power to Protect. Um, we also launched the uh, support of Oracle Cloud, I think, within that, and then we have uh, new data centers opening in Chicago. So all of this information, if you're interested to learn more, should be available at delltechnologies.com forward slash cloud storage, and that will take you to all this information. Um, I'd like to thank Matt very, very much. I'd like to thank you guys for listening, and if you like what you hear, please subscribe. Thank you. Have a great day.